This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I can take you there. Obviously, vocally, this guy's so much different than The Weeknd, but yeah, just but you can picture his voice with The Weeknd's voice on it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good song. Who is this? His name is Bazzy. Uh, the song is called Fantasy. I know uh, the name Bazzy. We played Bazzy. Yeah, what's the song we played from Bazzy? On the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was. It was like one song. I'm pretty sure we featured Bazzy on our playlist before. To all the ladies and the, you guys were like this is an interlude song another one of my interlude songs <laughs> I don't have it in our system here but uh, some of the popular ones he had were mine beautiful was it maybe beautiful I don't know maybe it was a song featuring Bazzy you know could have been mine I think it's mine can you play it for a second mine yes yeah this is it yeah, yeah, I've yeah, always yeah, enjoyed yeah, this yeah. song. Did we play it on our current station or on an old one? I don't have it in in our computer system here. Fucking precious when you smile. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, I think you. I think we just played this in a podcast. No, honest. this is a radio hit. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it. Uh, what yeah, year? you know what? It was the old station we used to be on for sure. Because I remember the PD at the time being like, he's going to be big, this guy. Yeah, you you brought this into a podcast once. Didn't you? Um, This was a song on the radio. Yeah, yeah yes. I remember it. I remember it. You remember this one? Yeah. yeah I remember our, our our music director or our PD being like, watch out for Bozzy. This guy's going to be big. Well, and and t- I did play some... It, to all the ladies in the place was a Bozzy song too, yeah. which you guys felt like was a little interludey. Well, okay. as usual, instrumental interludies. Yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's like one of your favorite genres now. Yeah, songs with no words. Uh, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? What's up? First day of fall. Yeah, as we record this, it is the first day of fall, which is uh, apparently uh, the favorite season of Bundes and Mora. Can't go wrong. I like fall, but uh, if I had to pick one to live through the entire 12 months, got to be summer. Gotta well, be you're summer. a boat guy. Yeah, but everything. <laughs> I just say, you know, summer nights, sitting outside, having dinners outside, and it, being at a cottage, going to the beach. Like, it's all like, I'm a much bigger fan of summer than any other season. I the appreci- bugs. You got a bug uh, situation. I, I, I don't go to places where bugs are a big deal. 
<laughs> Don't you live in Ontario? Yeah, but you know you can stay away from them if you're smart, or use a little insect repellent if they are going to be a little bit bad. But I do, I do really enjoy summer nights. Summer nights are great. Oh yeah, it's, windows down, dinners and all that kind of stuff. That stuff's great. It's the daytime, and it's the daytime I don't like unless I'm like specifically chilling at a beach and I'm enjoying like what the summer has to offer and I'm enjoying the sun tanning. Mm. When I'm like doing my day to day work stuff, like driving in the city, going to stores, getting in and out of AC, sweating. That stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but if you could live in one place in the world, if you had an endless supply of money, yeah. where are you going? I bet you it's warm. It's, it's going to be like hot. summer all the time almost, oh, yeah, right? Because if you have an endless supply of money, you don't have to worry about working and doing all that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. You just get to chill in the sun. Mm. Yeah. So just like if you took it from a completely uh, social and recreational point of view, summer is the best. Yeah, and then winter is more like a fall. You know what I mean? Like it is in California and many places. Like you see LA where like their winter looks kind of just like a fall. Like people are just wearing like a jean jacket and a scarf. Yeah. <laughs> I, I follow this sailor who um, I guess lives in, uh, is it Marina Del Rey in California? Like basically lives on their boat in this marina. Okay. And it just looks amazing. Like, so oh, he never I, has to get off the boat then. No, uh, it's his home, and uh, but it's right on the beach. Like all that stretch of California, man. I, other than the risk of like earthquakes wiping out the whole area, mm-hmm. I mean, it does seem like one of the greatest places in the world to live. Do you think you could live on a boat if you were in a harbor like oh, 100% that? Hundred percent, I could. Yeah, you, like you wouldn't need to buy a house. No, if I if my kids are gone yeah. and uh, it's just Deb and I, I'd yeah. love to live on a big ass sailboat. I'd love it. My wife would never want to do that. Really. Yeah. Just because of internet and stuff, like she'd want to be more connected. No, no, because you can have all that. You know, if you're in a marina or if you're close to, uh, you know, say like a home base, you'd have Wi-Fi there. You'd have running water. You have running water on most boats. Mm -hmm. You'd have electricity. You'd plug in at your dock if you were staying on a dock. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to do it in Canada. And there people are. Like, if you go in Toronto and you go down to uh, the Scarborough Bluffs in the winter, mm-hmm. uh, not just like the the house homes that they have there, but you'll see sailboats in the water and people are living in them year round. But they're covered in like white plastic shrink wrap. Uh. You'd have no, uh, <laughs> I mean, you'd have no way of emptying your toilet. So you'd have to use it very sparingly. <laughs> so otherwise, you're using a bucket or you you're getting up and you're like walking into some building whenever you have to pee. You, you, most sailboats are not insulated for winter. Yeah. So you're you're constantly having to have a stream of hot, you know, like a heater going nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't look great. But if you're in California, that'd be epic. It'd be easy. Oh, yeah. Or even BC or like uh, some yes. of those climates where it doesn't drop much below 10. If you Forget could... about BC all the time. It's not so bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I could totally live on a boat. I'd have no problem with that. Be a simple way of life. I, I've been encouraging Bundes to live on a boat. <laughs> you have. You've been <laughs> Single <pushing> guy. <laughs> Do it, man. Get on I'll a do boat, it. man. I, don't, I mean, I would ha- I'd love to have a boat. I don't think I could live on a boat, though. Right. You'd love to have a boat just for the rips. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like my space too much. I, I, yeah. I want to. But what up. about California? What if you were like, if that meant you could live in a cool, what's a cool neighborhood of LA? Like, uh, well, Santa Monica, like sure. say the Santa Monica Marina, you're there and it's just, you know, there's an epic restaurant attached to the marina. <laughs> you got beaches everywhere. Yeah, but like you could find a, an awesome place in like West Hollywood for nothing that you could live on and you're right there where all the action is. 
uh, and you're like, you know, 20 minutes down the road from Santa Monica and Venice Beach, or you could go up into Hollywood, or you can go down, um, what's that? Oh, Rode- not Rodeo. That's Beverly Hills, which is also like West Hollywood. Redondo, is a- Redondo <laughs> Beach or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? Sunset. Sunset. You're like, you can walk to Sunset from West Hollywood. West Hollywood is a great like starting spot to mm. go anywhere within, within LA. Mm-hmm. It um, is pretty crazy how much more affordable houses are in California and some places of the US compared to Toronto. Like, let's say you had $500,000, yeah. which is like well below the price of a condo these days. Mm. What could you get? Like, could you have in a most house American in cities? West Hollywood? Probably. Like, really? Not in Malibu, but you could probably have a house in California, somewhere in the LA area that'd be nice enough. Nice. Don't you think, Bundus? Yeah, you could. Have you ever looked at real estate there? Uh, yeah, you can definitely get something for $500,000. It's not going to be like, you know, yeah, the Malibu house, but you're definitely going to get something that's pretty decent, you know, that's comparable to, you know, what probably what you'd pay like a million dollars here for. Wow. It's crazy. We, we've become in Canada, especially if you live in Vancouver and uh, Toronto, and just outside of Toronto. Yes. Now, all of a sudden, it, it doesn't blow your mind to think of people spending a million dollars on a house. No, it does but not. in most places in the United States, a million dollars would get you an epic house. Not just a house, but a, like an epic house. Go to parts of Arizona, you'd have an infinity pool. Oh my God, you'd don't have tell like me a, this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't more people just quit their jobs and cash out then and go like buy a house just with their money and live there. Well, because most people who have million-dollar houses don't actually own the houses. They're beholden to the banks who really hold the, uh, own the houses, right. you know. They're, they, they might have like $300,000 in equity, but the bank has the other 700000 Damn the So banks. you'd have to finish. But yeah, people do that. Well, that's why all the neighboring regions around the GTA, their housing markets have exploded mm-hmm. because there's all these people who are retiring in selling their Toronto homes for two million, and then they go buy a house for seven hundred thousand, and they get to keep one point three million dollars. You know, boom, boom, as like part <laughs> of the retirement. But now, Crazy. the more and more people do that, the more those other neighboring towns are. You know, you can't. You're not getting the same uh, value that you once did. How long ago was it that you moved to Toronto? Two thousand fifteen. Okay, so uh, seven years ago. Yeah. So I remember when you moved and you guys were house hunting and you found your place. I thought, oh God, that's a bit of a stretch. And now when I think about how much your place cost for your neighborhood, like what a deal you got. You guys yeah. are going to be able to cat. You're, you're going to be the people who cash out. Wow. <laughs> but the problem is you got to be able to live somewhere else. Yes. So you got to be able to cash out your chips and then you got to be able to live somewhere else where the cost of housing is like, cheaper. Is cheaper. And then you also have to hold, hope that the housing market holds. You know right. what I mean? But it, yeah, there, when I bought my house, which is certainly not at a good time in Toronto, the no. good time to buy it was in the early 2000s or late 90s. Mm-hmm. But uh, I couldn't have afforded my house six months after I bought it. No. It like it went out of our price range in <laughs> six months. That's crazy. Yeah. We were at our top end when we bought our house. Right. You stretched. You we stretched. stretched. Yeah. And uh, and still, the bank owns a lot of it, but we couldn't have afforded our house six months after. That's crazy. Yeah. That's how fast it's changing. I feel for you, Bundus. Bundus is house shopping. It's really hard. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be, you know, a stretch. But you got to think about nice. changing cities. Get a job somewhere. Uh, and I know the market's changed in London, Ontario, but I'll give you perspective. We, my wife and I decided that London was going to be our home for a long time. Yeah. And uh, we decided we were looking for a different house. 
we couldn't find anything that we liked because we were being very particular and we already had a place we were living in. So, you know, we weren't in a rush. We decided to build our own house. We designed it on a piece of paper with a guy. Cool. Like literally it was not from a mold and, you know, and they had to make some tweaks because it's like, well, you can't have a staircase there, you idiot, if you want to have a <laughs> furnace that, you know, heats the whole house. Like they modified it using like all their programs and stuff. But we essentially built our house mm-hmm. that backed on to like this massive uh, man-made pond mm-hmm. and behind that was a massive of forest and it was a walkout lot everything we built this house it was six hundred thousand dollars ish like a little I over remember i think it, it was like 615 or something the, it was massive we had stamped concrete <laughs> in the front yeah. in the back huge garage walkout, huge garage <laughs> deck and yeah. uh and it was like just over six hundred thousand dollars which for us at the time we felt like that was a lot of money to spend on sure. a house over half a million dollars i'm sure you kept saying to each other yeah, and they're like, we're going to have a big mortgage and all this. And uh, and now it's like, could you imagine like getting a house that is a four bedroom plus one in the basement, walk out onto a pond for that kind of money anywhere? No. Like even no. that house today, I bet you if they sold it would get, uh, you know, one point something. Yeah. You know, it's probably one. It's probably doubled in price since uh, we built it. And that was not that we built it, I think, in 2013. Or started in 2012, but didn't move in until 2013. I mean, that sounds great. I just don't. I don't see that happening for me unless I like. I completely decide to change careers. Like, like, <laughs> like yeah, completely different right. thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to go move up to like Timbuktu nowhere and live in the country. Maybe work at a Home Depot or something like that. <laughs> like for the rest of my life. Mm. Like sure, but like I don't know what I'm gonna do if I if I go out there because in order to get a house of that kind of size, I can't do it in Toronto. You have to decide what makes you happy because I know my wife misses the house more than I do and it was great and everything, but I wouldn't trade that life for the life that I have now. Like now my property's 20 feet wide. Right. You know, I have a skinny Toronto house that goes up, no parking. I literally have to just hope there's a spot around my house (laughs) to park. I mean, but I, I, you know, when it's not a pandemic, I'd much rather walk to a restaurant, walk everywhere, bike to work, live that lifestyle than be in a nice house Outside of the core where I have to drive literally for every single thing I need. Yeah. Got to get in your car. I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of having to drive every... I lived with my in-laws in Whitby for a little bit and they were in a subdivision and there was nothing close, as nice as the house was. And there's a pool in the backyard and everything. But like every... You couldn't walk to get a coffee that, you know, there was no... You yeah. had to drive everywhere. So now you see all the houses in their area with like four cars because everybody needed their own car that's yes. living under the roof. Your daughter turned 16, <laughs> got to get him a car. Yeah. So you don't have to drive them to get a coffee. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. Yeah. yeah I, I I don't need a lot of space. Like I said, I could live on a boat. If, it's, if I'm living the lifestyle I want to live is much more important than the building that I'm actually in. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's tough for me because I, I do appreciate all those things about the city. And like, there's a part of me that just wants to buy like a humongous penthouse loft in the middle of the downtown core. Yeah, baby. And live there and have that kind of lifestyle. Now we're yeah. talking, Blondis. You invite your friends Moji and the yeah. T Bird over on a yeah. Friday night. Yeah, like I would love that. But then there's another part of me that wants to like go out to you know the boonies and like be away from everyone and everything. And I have know. A pickup truck and just like yeah. Like, and then have chill. a place to work on your car and a yeah. driveway yeah. and a garage. Yeah, and walk that. around yeah. without a shirt on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. I, I, I feel that too. I'm torn as well. <laughs>
It'd be nice to have a hundred million dollars where you could have your city place and yes. your country place and yes. lake place and your boat. And, and your you just boat and your Where you want to go. Your... Oh, yeah. <laughs> One day, guys. One day. One day? For all of us. <laughs> for me, for you, for you listening uh, you know to what? the podcast. I'd love to have a hundred million dollars, but right now, you know, like it's... A fantasy, maybe? It's a bit of a fantasy, yeah. I'm just happy to own a house. Or at least to own a piece of a house that the bank mostly owns. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to have shelter, you know what I mean? Right. And Daily Take Two is coming up next. Tucker and Mora, first day of fall. Where do you think fall ranks in and amongst the other seasons in terms of popularity? Number one. You think fall is number one? I do. Is it because it's your number one? Um, Yeah, it's my number one, but I think it rates number one because it's so beautiful. Fall fashion. So visually, aesthetically pleasing, fall fashion, and then you got all those holidays in there. Like you got your Thanksgiving, you got your uh, your Halloween. Plus, you got your sports coming back, your football, yeah, your hockey, yeah. basketball, oh, yeah, <laughs> baseball playoffs, <laughs> right? Yeah, back to school. Yeah, oh, back to school. Well, guess what? <laughs> You're wrong. Are we wrong? Yeah, fall is not number one. Well, it's got to be number two. What do you think number one is? Summer. Summer, of course. Summer's so lame. Oh, my God. It's the a two bit hot, lame. isn't it? It's a, a bit, bit hot. hot. It's a bit hot. You guys are nuts. It's a bit Summer's much. great when you're on the beach and you're doing nothing. Yeah, well, go Summer to the beach. sucks when you're sitting in traffic <laughs> and it's 34 degrees outside and your AC's not working. Yes. And you're late for work. <laughs> Leave earlier. Sucks. Leave earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't everyone's AC break at some point during the summer? Well, that, that's the only time you need it. Of course it's going to break because you turn it on for the first time in six months. And then you're seeing all those toes. Everybody's got their toes on display. <laughs> Put the toes about? away, man. Oh, bikinis. Yeah. Short, you know uh, tight, and little skippy outfits. Who feels comfortable in a bikini? Nobody. You're always like, oh, my God. I'm so self-conscious. Even if you have the best body in the world. You're still Stop. self-conscious about it. Summer's the best. It will always be the best. No, it's only the best if you're doing nothing on a beach, hanging out by water. Right. Otherwise, I will take fall and winter every time. Okay, well, fall would be nothing without summer. Fall's a nice change after having killed it through the summer. You need a break because yes. you've been partying and ripping it so hard in summer. <laughs> fall comes around. Okay, so summer is number one. That's an obvious one. Yes. What do you think number two is? It's you think it's fall? The fall. You think it's fall? Winter? You gotta be kidding no. me that it's not the fall. It's not the pumpkin spice. <sighs> Overrated. It can't be spring because spring has got to be the Spring is number two. Spring fever. No, spring oh, is lame. Yeah. It's muddy. You know, step. It, it stinks. It smells like dead worms everywhere yeah, it and can't dog figure poop. out whether it wants to be cold or hot. Yeah. It's, no, it's no. Do you good. know what spring is? It's a nice appetizer to summer. <laughs> the best season of no, all. No, no, no. Everything's still dead. You know, <laughs> it's you, growing. No, it isn't. What are you talking about? Tulips are coming up. You yeah. see, like, that. You yeah. see garbage on the ground because it was 
like covered in the snow and now it's like visible and yeah. you're like, oh, and it stinks. It does smell. Oh, it smells like life growing, coming back after. Okay, so what's third? Winter. Okay, third. Do you think it's fall it's or winter? It's fall. It is the fall. Oh, good yeah, yeah, for you. I'm shocked fall that spring third, beat fall. Winter, fourth. People are forgetting about the fall colors. Jumping in leaves. Pumpkin patches. Pumpkin spice lattes. (laughs) Corn mazes. You think you got a corn maze happening in the spring? No. Halloween. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, Come on. You can't live your whole life for those three little moments in the fall. (laughs) Summer, you can have all kinds of moments every day. Why are you bringing this up on the last day of summer? Well, bringing this up to just welcome you to the third most popular season of the year. Everybody, fall is arriving today. (laughs) Enjoy uh, the beginning of autumn. The third favorite. Yeah, thanks. What did you eat like when you were in college or university? I mean, if you look back, it's amazing you didn't kill yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) I remember grocery shopping for myself for the first time, and I was like, okay, we're going to get the fudgios. We're getting chocolate milk. Why get the white stuff? And then I'm going to have uh, deep and delicious cakes always in the freezer, mm-hmm. right? Deep and delicious. I mean, <laughs> I, I bought one of those in the last year, and they're just as good as I remember they're them. They're just from as deep university. and just as delicious. Yeah, they're pretty good. Oh, how is it that they never freeze like a rock? Uh, all the oil. Oh. My roommate in university and I, on Sundays, we used to get like um, a pizza deal where we each got our own pizza and then we got a deep and delicious cake and we got a two liter jug of pop and we would (laughs) slice the cake down the middle, guys. Finish it. And each just take a fork and eat the whole damn thing. That's the year I came home from Christmas and my family wouldn't pass me the butter at the Christmas table. That's understandable, I guess. How much weight did you gain that year? Um, I probably went to school weighing 120 pounds and came home weighing 145 at Christmas. Like so that's a lot. 25 pounds, pounds in three months. In four months, three four oh months. Oh my yeah. god, that's a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't know why my jeans were tight. I just thought that it was because you know they were fresh out of the dryer all the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you put on weight fast. Yeah. But nutritionists have now weighed in on how you can have that student diet and still be healthy. And it's funny that you brought up KD with broccoli because well, that's one of their suggestions. Yeah, I, I, I would do that with all the pasta I made. And you know, the key is you cut up the broccoli and you throw it in the pot as the pasta is cooking, just yes. in the boiling water. <laughs> yes. And then you strain it all and then you mix it up like Guys, they any don't, pasta. They don't even say you have to get the fresh stuff. I mean, a lot of times students are eating on the run. You don't really care. You're not buying fresh broccoli at the grocery store. Buy yourself a bag of frozen veg. You add that to your ramen noodles. You add that to your KD. Boom! All of a sudden, you're having yourself a balanced meal. I love that idea. What else you got? Okay, protein. How are you going to get your protein, man? Well, throw this- it in with the KD. <laughs> not a bad idea. Buy the little pieces of chicken. Actually, they say go with lentils, beans, or chickpeas, because those suckers come in a can. Crack the can open. Dump it in. Dump it into your KD. Yeah. Or don't eat it on the side or something. Also, I know you can get behind this. They say best bang for your buck is to grab yourself a rotisserie chicken for yeah. a person that's a single living on their own. You got like five meals there. You can have sandwiches. You can have... 
chicken breast one night. You got your drumstick the next. I'll tell you what you can do, too, is at the grocery store, you pick up a package of chalet dipping sauce. And then you make a little home version of Swiss chalet. What? We do that all the time. Mind blown. They say you can make quesadillas. You can make soup with your chicken. Yeah goes on and on. So there you go. A couple of tips from the experts on how to keep it healthy while you're in school. I mean, just to note that chicken will eventually go bad. So, <laughs> what, What's your rule on that? Do you go four days? Do you go five days? Do you it's a tough it one. Um, well, These days I'm leaning four. If it's cooked, if it's yeah, cooked, it's cooked, and then you nuke it in the microwave, that's got to kill <laughs> a lot of stuff. I don't know. They call it nuking for a reason. Tucker Amara, what is it like out in the world for single people? I mean, there was lots of speculation as to what it was going to be like when the world started reopening. Uh, some people said, oh, people are used to being at home now. They don't want to rip it with the uh, new people. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very timid about hookups, mm-hmm. very careful about hookups. Then there was the other camp that was like, oh, man, people have been locked up so long. They're going to be set free, and it's going to be like <laughs> a big sex fest. It's going to be like the sexual revolution all over <laughs> again yeah well and- history has shown that after like th- things like the heavy things like we've been through with covid uh, that people uh, let their inhibitions uh, go into the wind let me tell you something okay bundus is not gonna want to hear this <laughs> i ran into a single girlfriend of mine yesterday um we just kind of like boomed into each other banged into each other on the street i'm like hey how's it going she's like i i wasn't even asking her about her dating life i was just like how's it going what have you been up to she's like I cannot tell you how crazy this summer has been for me. I am juggling five different guys right now, all of them quality. She's like, has never experienced anything like this before, where single people are going out of their comfort zone, and she's not really on dating apps. She said uh, she's working out at the gym the other day. A guy came up to her with a piece of paper and he's like, hey, here, I just wanted to give you my number if you're ever interested and just gave her a smile and walked away. That's so she's, strange, though, with no connection, no conversation or anything. Just she said, walked pe- up. Here's my number. People are that. going. I have done that. That works all the time, man. <laughs> yeah, and it works for hot people. But people are going out of their comfort zone, stopping her on the street. Hey, what's your name? You know, she's never experienced anything like this before. And she looks exactly the same as she did pre-pandemic. You know, it's what not like... What is that? She, what does she look like? She's hot. Yeah, okay. It's not like she's gone yeah. through some sort of major change or anything, you know, that all of a sudden she's getting all this attention. So she's hot and was hot before, so she can really, like, judge the difference between before and after, and she's just noticing people are, like, all over her now. She's noticing that people are getting up and out of their comfort zone and just trying to date and she can't believe it she cannot she's like it has been fire for me all summer yeah it is exciting she's like i cannot tell you how exciting it's been damien just texted us and says it's very hard to find a woman yeah well no wonder (laughs) (laughs) actually that's interesting well it should be easier if women are juggling five at a time right yeah it should be easier yeah. For, it's always harder for guys, man. Yeah. Women, you have to be the one to walk up with the phone number, right? Yeah, and you have to also, if you're going to pull that move, you have to be so hot. Uh, the guys like me don't meet anybody by going up to them and cold... Uh, Actually, you might have a better chance in today's dating world if you why? do that. Why? Because... Because I don't look like an F-boy? Yeah. Oh, and, but you actually will have your the ability to let 
your personality shine a little bit more versus like the hot guys on a Tinder or a dating app or something like that that are just mm. sending hey baby DMs because yes. they look good with their shirt off. Yes. Whereas if you had some personality and you had the balls to kind of walk up to somebody yes. and be a little charming. It's a good move actually. Uh, yeah, I come up to somebody in a gym. Me, okay? <laughs> wearing my gym outfit. Yeah, yeah. And I go up to like a smoking hot woman <laughs> and I pass her my number. You know what I hear in the background as I walk away? <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe you get into the garbage bin. Every time. That's the sound I would hear. Maybe you take a different approach. Maybe you ask her to spot you on the bench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, might be, that would be the move. Yeah. Hey, I hate to do this to you, but I, I don't know if I can do this more than like one. So can you spot me? That would be kind of funny. Yeah. If, and then at the end, I would give her my number. And then you know what we'd, we'd hear? <laughs> You give her your number and you're like, hey, if you ever want to work out again sometime, I'm usually in the gym at around three. Let me whatever. tell you what's going to go through that hot chick's head, okay? As she's spotting me, she's like, if we're ever trapped in a fire and I fall unconscious, he's not going to be able to lift me out of here. I'm going to die. I'm going to, I need to be with someone who's going to help me survive. Not this weed. Tucker and Mora, have you chosen a song for your funeral? I haven't, but I guess I should. Well, I mean, yeah, you never know, right? <laughs> when your time is up. Somebody actually just did some research and they went through over 30,000 songs from playlists on Spotify and streaming services that had titles like uh, like the playlist would be like funeral songs or right. mom's funeral or my funeral playlist. Visitation. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, you get the gist of it. Anyway, they came up with a list of songs that are the most popular for people picking tunes for a funeral. Okay. The number one song I think will shock a lot of people, but let me give you some of the other ones here, okay? All right. This one, not really a shocker. Hallelujah. 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 The Jeff Buckley version. Can't go wrong with this. Yeah. Hallelujah. Next song. Kind of makes sense, but it's a song I'll admit I'd never heard before from Ed Sheeran called Supermarket Flowers. Dad always told me, don't you cry when you're down. But mom, there's a tear every time that I blink. I mean, it's, uh, I think oh, about his grandmother or something. Oh, I'm in pieces, it's tearing me up. It's got the right funeral vibe, right? It's almost too much. I guess it depends on what kind of person you are. Do you want everyone uh, in, like, at the service to be crying? Or do you want them to laugh? Or, you know what I mean? Oh, it's a tough choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, you want people to cry at yours, right? Bawling. Yes, everyone yes, to be yes, a yes, mess. Yes, a mess. <laughs> Okay, uh, what else was in the top five? Okay, again, a song I'd never heard of from an artist I've never heard of. Have you guys heard of Ricky Montgomery? No. He's got a song called Mr. Loverman. Mr. Loverman. What? I, I know, seems weird, right? Why do you want the whole funeral to know you're Mr. Loverman? Song number two. This one, you know. If you're a fan of Fast and Furious, <laughs> Funness. This, this would work for you. This, this one, this one hits a, uh, you know, it hits hits deep for me. Yeah. I just can see that CGI image of Paul Walker's face in that white Supra next to Vin Diesel as the road splits and they kind of like look at each other as he drive off. In it the was distance. a touching moment it in was. that movie. It really, like as cheesy as Fast and Furious is. 
Uh, they did a pretty good job with that at the end. In like a fast and furious way. Mm-hmm. Okay, this apparently is the number one song through all these different funeral playlists. It's from a band called Cage the Elephant. The song is Cigarette Daydreams. The number one song. Apparently the t- most popular funeral song after evaluating all these different funeral playlists. I thought it was going to be uh, Green Day, Time of Your Life. You know? Maybe people just don't want to be cliche because that'd be kind of cliche, you know? You're well, like, yeah, it's oh, the yeah, number one song, one. Time of Your Life. Yeah. This I've never heard before. Other songs that made the list you got here. Amazing Grace by Leanne Rollins. Makes sense. Mm. And this one right here. John Denver. (laughs) Cute. If you're planning your own playlist, just a few ideas to throw at you. This could be the greatest prank to pull on somebody who is going to buy your place. Or maybe it's just evil. You decide. Okay. So... These people who just bought a home uh, started to uh, do a few renovations. They, they punched a hole in the wall and they noticed behind the drywall, there was a doll. Okay. An old doll. Oh God. And <laughs> that's creepy on its own. Yeah. But there was a note attached to the doll basically saying that the doll had killed the previous owners <laughs> in the house. That is not a nice thing to do. <laughs> and I hope you have knives. Sleep well. That's a terrible thing to do to somebody. I'll read you the exact note. Okay. 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 Dear new homeowner. Thank you for freeing me. My name is Emily. My original owners lived in this house in 1961. Oh, God. I didn't like them, so they had to go. (laughs) (laughs) All they did was sing and be merry, and it was sickening. Stabbing was my choice of of killing them. Uh So I hope you have knives. (laughs) Sleep well. This is a sick joke, man. Why would anybody that, do it, that? Or is that just really funny? That it's somebody not, like I mean, would, did they include ha 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 just kidding on no, the other no. side of the paper? It literally said hope you sleep well and then uh, that was it. That was the note. Um That's terrible. Because who's going to be able to sleep after seeing that? I think that was the intended joke there. But I, I think it was just Ha a, ha ha. I'm going to have to sell my place no. now. They think they think it was put in there just a few years ago just based on like the how well the paper and the writing has right. held up and there was also it was in an area that had recently been renovated. Okay. But I love that idea of just like hiding something behind drywall like maybe not to this extent mm-hmm. but leaving like a little easter egg so to speak. That's mm-hmm. like a term that's used in gaming where there's little things you can find. I don't know where it originated from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just like, if you're going to have to tear down a wall or do some work, you just leave something there. So one day somebody will find it yes. when you like break it open. Yeah. I, I worked with um, a contractor who found a really old bottle of scotch behind the wall. And I guess he, it was like a very old house. So he was thinking it might've been like prohibition times where somebody had their own little secret stash back there. And the scotch was worth a lot of money because it was super old. They say you should always be around when the demo is happening. 
just in case there's like, oh, old man Stevens used to not trust banks. Yeah. And he put all his life savings behind the wall wall. and died and forgot to tell anyone in his family. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Bundus is going to be like old man Stevens and have like a (laughs) pocket in his wall with a stash of something in there. Put something behind that wall. Your distrust in like government and like, you know, big institutions. I feel like you're going to. It's pretty high. And you're like a, you're a strong candidate for the guy who's got his life savings behind some drywall, a bunch of little hidden compartments. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just just somehow like let a family member know. So like if anything should happen to you and your place needs to be sold, they know to like go digging for that kind of thing. I'm gonna leave like uh, like a treasure map in my in my will that has like all these like ne- like kind of like Nick Cage in National Treasures, like these like <laughs> Easter egg things that you're gonna have to follow in order what? to get the yeah. stash. Just yeah. tell me where. <laughs> The statues, man. You're dead at this point. And what if we don't figure it out? (laughs) What if your clues are garbage? Then you're not worthy. (laughs) Tucker Amora, so new homeowners were doing a little reno. They punched out some of the drywall, and behind it, they found a little, like, doll that had a note attached to it. The note said... They didn't like the old tenants or the old uh, residents, so uh, the doll had to kill them with a knife. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) I mean, obviously, it's a joke. Uh, As long as it's obvious. As long as it's obvious. Yeah. Anyway, uh, wanted to know, like, have you ever put anything behind uh, the drywall when you're doing a reno or ever found anything? We just got a text from Dave, and he's renovating his kitchen right now. Mm -hmm. And he's got this part of his countertop that is, like, on an angle. So it's just going to be countertop with no drawers or anything underneath. But in that little opening underneath the countertop, he's putting a skeleton. (laughs) It's like, oh, that's great So anybody who changes the countertop in 40 years Is going to find an old skeleton behind it Oh, man Isn't that lovely? Yeah I mean, you would would figure, like, the startle would be real You know, in that moment Yes You'd be be kind of freaked out But it wouldn't take you long to realize that it's fake I mean, if you really wanted to go all in, you would find like some large bones from an animal that you <laughs> ate, like, you know, like giant beef ribs or something, <laughs> throw some ribs in there. Right, right, right. You know, then you got like, then it's got some authenticity to it. Uh, John, uh, what's going on? Well, I'm actually, uh, our cold room uh, in our house has a bit of a leak, so we're sealing the outside and we're just going to block it off because we don't use the cold room anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was since Halloween's coming up, I'm going to go to Dollarama and buy a bunch of those fake bones and some fake nails and scratch them on the wall and then just leave the bones and the nails in there. <laughs> no, why, why would you do that? And, and will, so if you're sealing off the cold room... Yeah. And for people like that's often underneath like the front steps of a newer home, right? That's exactly where yeah. it is. Yeah. And so, will there be no evidence of that room once you're done sealing it up, or will someone well, know that there was a room at one point in time back there? You'll be able to tell because it's going to be cinder blocks that block off the small doorway to get into it, and the regu- the rest of the walls aren't cinder blocks. Mm. Okay. So you're going to know something's there. So unless I decide to finish that part of the basement, which I probably won't. Um, you're going to know, like, oh, hey, there's something behind there. Okay, so some future new homeowner is going to be like, oh, why would they block off the cold room? I'd love to keep all my jam and spaghetti sauce in there. They might punch out a few of those cinder blocks, and they're going to be startled by seeing, like... (gasps) 
That's fake so bones. Creepy. <laughs> you got to get some fake blood too to like oh, smear man. on the concrete no, floor no, no, and on no, the walls. No, 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 no. It's yeah. gonna look like yeah, that red well paint, inside. Right, like the curse is free now. Yeah, yeah. Remember the the scene in Silence of the Lambs where that poor woman is in the well and then she like gets a light and notices that there's these fingernails and scratch marks in the well from you know previous exactly. tenants oh, of the well. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, John. John, John. I'm <laughs> man. I hope I never bought your house. I can't wait to see it on Reddit in like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to just want to sell your house just so you can read about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to split with my wife and sell the house just to get this con going. Yeah, well, yeah. Just split with your wife, but. <laughs> yeah, you can just sell the house and stay together, you know, whatever. Uh, it's just easier. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Have a good one. It's Tucker and Mora in the morning. Energy 95.3.